Welcome back to Re Redwall, a podcast where we remember, reread, and rethink the book series Redwall by Brian Jakes. If you give a mouse a podcast, it will falsely boast to be the first podcast <laughs> of its kind. I am Jordan. And I'm that false boaster, Derek. And today we have a very, very, very special guest, worthy of three varies because he is the abbot. He is the first Redwall <laughs> podcaster. We have with us today Abbot Pete from the podcast Recorder on the Wall. And Pete, I am right in saying that you're the first Redwall podcast, right? I- you are. Um, okay. When this came, when I was developing it, and I was uh, reaching out of the Redwall forums to that general community, uh, I did my research. I searched about every podcasting service you could find, and hey, I, yeah. there was no other Redwall podcast. So, bragging rights. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, good. Good for you. <laughs> you <'cause we're, laughs> I searched Redwall on one podcasting app, found nothing, and thought, "Wow, we're so cool." Very falsely. <laughs> nah, it's all right. Uh, we're actually. I think there's been six total since I got started. Yeah, including myself and yours. Right. Uh, there's obviously mine and yours. There is uh, Fox Penmanship and Abbey Archives up and mm-hmm. running now. There was, uh, if you give a mouse a dagger and the Red Wall podcast, but unfortunately they've disappeared. Yes. yes. Yep. There's been a couple others that I've seen. Um, I think it's Rachel and Rose's Red Wall report. Um, oh, this is odd news to me. So I I haven't checked in a while, but they started doing stuff towards the end of the summer and maybe are still up and running. Maybe are not. I don't know. Um, but I I listened to their stuff for a couple episodes and then i feel like there was one more but there was one that i i don't even remember what it was called but uh that probably speaks to it and hopefully i don't offend anyone right well now for saying that if i can't get yeah. you guys on for my fan fiction five uh, i'll have to reach out to them yeah <laughs> there's more yeah there are more than i thought there were uh which is yeah. to say more than zero <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you you were the first uh which is exciting and we'll certainly talk about the recorder on the wall show itself but before that um curious if you could sort of talk about where you were who you were how did Redwall come to you what what's your early how, how did you find the series seventh grade i was in a grade school book fair and i saw yes. the first book i got exposed to in the series which was martin the warrior and was the conventional American cover at the time. And I, my, my mom, who, to her credit, never discouraged us from reading. I asked her, hey, you know, mom, it's less than 10 bucks. Do you mind? She's like, sure, whatever. Oh. <laughs> and then, of course, my little <laughs> brother read it as soon as I was done. And then we discovered this was, this would have been about 97. You know, okay. there were more books. And we had to oh, have yeah. them all. Nice. It was an interesting entry point to the series because of the obvious, which I will not give the mega spoiler for any of anyone who have not read it, but uh, since that book has the least amount of due to read with Redwall itself. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yep. I think next- what about What about Martin the Warrior at that time, like, really stuck out to you, made you want to read more, and then pass it on to your brother as well? I mean, we're good general nerds in the, uh, for as it is, <laughs> and he. Uh, I'm more of a sci-fi track than his fantasy, but you know, I appreciate appreciate good literature. And I said, "What the heck?" Mm-hmm. You know, you know, what could possibly get me addicted? <laughs> so, yeah, 
Cool. Love love those book fairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kept up with the series through high school about junior year when the last one I officially read was Tagarong before I left mm-hmm. the series and then came back into an adult for, you know, podcasting reasons. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, interesting. So so there were books that you've covered on Recorder on the Wall that you had not read. That I've read for the first time. On the wall? Yep. Wow. Nice. That's that cool. That makes I me feel a lot better. Especially with the, the Quentin Tarantino entering the series Doom White. Yeah. Ah, wow. Whoa. All right. <laughs> that is uh, setting a uh, image in my head for what that book is going to be about. I don't want to spoil anything, but of among the 22, it's notable for with the fandom because it is the most brutal. Like this is really? like for a children's series. There are some, even above what we've no, you would normally see. There's some pretty brutal deaths. To the so point it's be... quite Tarantino esque because it's violent, not because there's a lot of feet. Correct, violence. Is okay, gotcha. Get. Noted. Noted. Okay. And a little uh, less a excited now, but when we covered it, I made sure to put in my RSS feed and at the start yeah. of every episode, like parents, if you're listening with Dibbins, you be warned. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah, I mean, the mantle of most gruesome for Redwall has to be pretty gruesome because that's that's definitely been a part of our conversation so far. Is like remembering reading these as kids and being like, "This is this is wild," and also talking about the violence that we read in it now too. Even it's still a big part of these conversations. And you go to like, I remember watching the TV show, and then in the YouTube comments, everyone is like, "It's Game of Thrones for children." Uh, just because about how like violent and bleak it is. Oh, boy, uh, the boy, TV show, the TV show, which kind of speak to authority right now because we're in third season on my yeah. show. Uh, it it's that very PBS way of in, in indicating violence. Like you see the arrows mm-hmm. and slings going over people's head, but no one actually gets hit. So yeah, yeah, yep. Um, which I'm sure this. We, we don't need to get into this now. I'm sure it will be a topic for later, but I am curious how the upcoming adaptation is going to traverse that terrain. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but given Netflix's propensity for announcing something and then waiting on it for a year or more, then suddenly we have a teaser and then it's out the next month. So Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's how, that's, that is how Netflix operates. I've been a little like concerned about how little we've heard at this point as of recording right now in late January. Um, But you're right. Like Netflix does go like, Hey, uh, we made a thing. It's coming out next week. Get pumped. Um, As opposed to like usual stuff is like, okay, this is coming out like five months from now or something like that. Yeah. They did just announce the Pinocchio got a release date and that's in December. Um, Is that like the Tom Hanks Pinocchio? No, it's uh, Guillermo del Toro. Um, Patrick McHale is actually a co-writer of the script. So um, noted. Yeah. uh, Patrick McHale, who's also writing the script for the Redwall um, stuff. Is yeah doing Guillermo del Toro stop motion Pinocchio, um, which yeah wow. I don't know some exciting names attached to it. E- Ewan McGregor is, uh, yeah. is in it. Finn Wolfhard is in it. Uh, Christoph Waltz, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but that like that was that stood out because it's like Netflix is <laughs> showing a teaser and it has a December release date. Like that doesn't. Oh yeah, much. okay. Um, yeah. 
But oh, it's a good anyway. Pinocchio. The actual Pinocchio story is in the public domain because I'm sure the mouse, mm-hmm. the other mouse, would have a field day of none. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think you mean it's in the uh, the puppet domain. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you can't. Oh, I told, if you've ever heard my show, you can't out pun Jeremy. I have. Or Drew. I was going to say, so. this is where on recorder on the wall, it would start a chain reaction, and I would just be <laughs> impressed with how long it would go. We're not so clever on this show. So. Oh, you'll get there. So, <laughs> we'll get there someday. Um, yeah. So, liked it as a kid. Um, what was kind of the other stuff that you liked around Redwall? Like, uh, what? I'm I, just out of curiosity. I'm wonder what else you liked to read um, at that time. As Same, well. a sci-fi guy mostly at the time. I mean, to some degree, I, um, I I certainly liked my share of comic books, which that's what I'm pretty much going to count that as. You know, I think my brother and I did X Men and Spider Man. Um, yeah. Nice, which you know. Had some pretty interesting storylines at the time. That was the era of. Oh, yeah. uh, was it the twelve? Was the big in company crossover for Marvel for X Men? But uh, beyond that, let me think. I mean, I I did a lot of rereading. Frankly, once I found a yeah. sub series, I tended to stick with it. I still do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, not that I I do expose myself to n- new material. Well, new in quotes in the moment, but uh, <laughs> I do go back and I'll reread series I've been reading for years. So, mm-hmm. like the Dresden Files. Do you do that with, do you do that with uh, comics too? Go back and reread a lot of like comic runs? To a degree. Um, I I stopped it because I was really bad about keeping up, but I was a big, sure. fa- a big fan of Comixology before the Amazon buyout and time after. Mm-hmm. And right, I dude. was reading at the time the then the cur- still current run of Ninja Turtles, which is being helmed by one of the co-creators, uh, by Image, I want to say. And then uh, Boom's Power Rangers was actually phenomenally good to a point. Okay, uh, that was recasting the original first season with those characters in the modern day, but instead of the happy, oh everything's great, we're the best, you know, the best teenagers in the world, they actually show stress of fighting a literal war and it's right after Tommy joins the team so there's not a lot of trust yet so I wouldn't highly recommend that yeah I haven't had a whole bunch of experience with Power Rangers in the past but in like comics in general I've been like knowing what's going on but never actually like dipped my toe in myself just like watched it from afar but Admittedly, a lot of the comic knowledge I, I keep these days is from reviewers on the net. Principality, yep. principal, yeah, primarily from what was it, Linkara from on top of the fourth wall. So okay, or watch yeah. Mojo's way too detailed stuff into the origin of every superhero and villain ever. So I like to think that that's going to be on the the Watch Mojo YouTube title of our way too deep, in depth <laughs> coverage of Moon Knight's origin story. So what got you what guys about, into um, oh. I was going to ask what, oh, guys, what got you two into podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so for us, it was the Netflix adaptation. Um, literally, mm-hmm. I think we've told this story before, but it's worth retelling. Um, we saw the tweet about it, or I saw the tweet about it, and I sent it to... No, I just tweeted about it, and then Jordan sent me a message saying, you want to do a podcast? Uh, and yeah, because this was something that we 
had um, both like talked about a couple times before to each other as like a touchstone of growing up um, that we really liked um, and had fond memories for, but haven't really like been able to recall a lot of like the details of it. And mm-hmm. so with this this show coming up, then we're like, do you want to just jump back into it and uh, see what's going on? And kind of then at the same time, talk about like these ideas of nostalgia and everything else that we kind of think of when we when we look back to what we read growing up. Much less soapboxing yeah. about the, the, the series weak points, <laughs> which we've done. I know you've done. So, yeah, I, I think the Netflix announcement was like the invitation to think about this thing again uh, yeah where yeah it's like something that would every so often come up or i would interact with of just a like oh remember when kind of thing and then the netflix was sort of like oh there's you know something tangible to sort of get me to think about this thing again because i know i will want to watch it and i will know that i will want to know more about the series in depth uh before i do so and so yeah i don't know that's been it's been a fun project yeah it's it's like a weird thing where it's like now i think now that we're going i feel less tied to the netflix adaptation yeah than when we started like i don't want to be like all roads point to the netflix adaptation but that certainly uh is a big that that was the invitation um and it's it's been fun to get into the series, uh, but again, kind of know that there's something coming um, yeah. that will be asking itself a lot of the questions that we ask of the series. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's just like it gives gives a little uh, weight, I think, to some of our conversations or a little direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't think we're the uh, only ones who decided the Netflix announcement was an invitation to think about Redwall again. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, I think there's a reason that there's suddenly more Redwall podcasts. Well, admittedly, mine is a little bit more mundane. Um, it reason to get into it. I had been podcasting with my partner Jeremy and on the Frustrated Fans, which is our first podcast, and mm-hmm. you know had all the five listeners. But uh, we uh, we did do like the first couple of episodes of the BBS cartoon. That's just a regular episode for that. And I, I had been listening to the very good but now very over Morph Club, which is what you both of us do, but for Animorphs. Mm. And that's when I, hey, Googled, hey, researched how many Red Bull podcasts were around, and what do you know? There aren't. It might have helped <laughs> that I was in a relationship falling apart at the time and suddenly found myself with more free time after the fact but sure. i mean we found yeah. ourselves in a pandemic with a whole yeah. bunch of free time so indeed yep that's part of it as well you make um, the most of what you can yeah yep yep and uh i mean i've mentioned this story already on my podcast but yeah i think when am i at this point 22 20 of 22 books so we still have good plans for this year like i said we're covering season one three of the cartoon and we still have the video game to do which is going to buy Soma Games, yeah. which I've talked with one or two of their voice actors before, so that's yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, and the remaining two books, and we've got, um, you know, eventually, whenever the Netflix cartoon comes out, we have some wrap-up stuff planned, and, you know, we could always do come back to the fan fiction episodes, because those 
as hard as they can be to slog through mm-hmm. to get through some of the fan fictions out there, it's a good way to celebrate the community. Yeah, sure. But I definitely the one I read last April was um, hard to get through. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so talk about Recorder on the Wall a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, so how long have you been doing it? What's sort of your format approach? Who's sort of, do you make it alongside? And how did you, do you all sort of find each other? Well, as I mentioned, tw- come 2014, Jeremy and I started the Frustrated Fans podcast, which was literally based on us two is ranting each other about one media or another uh, over Xbox Live one night. And I gotcha. started researching and put it together. <laughs> I love that. And like I said, we had maybe about five listeners because we couldn't even get our own friends and family to listen. So, you know, <laughs> um, it's still a good show, even if it's on hiatus. Um, but we were a drop in an ocean of general nerdcasts because they're everywhere. And come 2017, the aforementioned situation I mentioned, and I noticed, hey... Morph Club's doing a really good job of Animorphs. Is there a Redwall version of this? Because I have more to listen, and I want to find out no one's serving this public. I'm like, okay. And I asked Jeremy about it, and he's like, yeah, we could start that. But given it was going to be number two, he wanted me to do more of the coordinating and whatnot, and I was fine with that. So I reached out to Reddit's Arulalia. Our Redwall is like not even connected to the Redwall Phantom at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, it's not a thing. So I reached out with Arulalia with a thread like, hey, proposing a Redwall podcast, and I outlined some of the ideas I had, and I waited for feedback. And through that, I got two of my uh, three regular contributors. I got yeah. Drew, and I got Matthias, who, and Matthias yeah. himself was, now former, was an admin at the official Redwall forums. Yeah, those were two of my first people. And then about episode three or four... I think right at the time we were wrapping up the original book, I got an email f- email from uh, a random person, and she ended up being Katie. And she just wanted to come in and talk about the the uh, depiction of blind people on the show. Because yeah. if you've heard from my podcast, yes, she is visually blind, is legally blind, and she's just been a really great contributor to have on the show well and truly beyond that. So... Mm-hmm. Over the over the last God, what is it, four or five years we've been doing this, I've had other contributors come in and out. I've certainly tried to invite other other Redwall podcasts as they come around onto my show, which um, where I can. I had the crew from me if you give a mouse a dagger on, and then I had approached me Soma Games, and their their game producers. I got to interview them as well as one of their voice actors. And then I reached out to one of the audiobook voice actors when they were making these alongside the main books, and I got to interview the audiobook version of Clooney. Oh, he I thought is, that was the uh, the show version, but mm-hmm, okay, audiobook. audiobook, cool. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm not not gonna the animated Clooney, but the audiobook one is so much. He is much more that character. Yeah, Jason Mulhern is his name. So it's been a wild journey ever since. And like I said, it was my bright idea when we came to around our first April. Like, our first April Fools was going to be fanfiction one. And we've repeated yeah. that every year, as well as doing food episodes about every six months. I've even had to go out and buy the official cookbook. There it is. Yep. 
because I could only go so many months, so many episodes just riding on the Game of Thrones cookbook. Oh, is that what you had done for? Yeah, I thought I was doing that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got its own story too, and uh, has art by Christopher Denise, who did the two mm-hmm. uh, Redwall picture books, which we've covered, um, which are definitely for a younger audience than the main series, but they're good. If they have the worst behaved child in all of Redwall. So nice. That's uh, that's saying something, considering some of them commit murder sometimes. <laughs> oh, you mean like in Bellmaker? It's in Muriel. It's in Muriel. Ooh, yeah. Muriel. It might be in Bellmaker yeah. too. And uh, down the vermin. Bellmaker's our next yeah. book. Uh, so I, I like. I'm like 30 pages into it, and nothing sad yeah, happens to that sure. one ever. Good. Good. Great. Cool. I'm glad. I have high <laughs> expectations of happiness. Oh. Yep. Yeah, something. So, like, the Frustrated Fans one, was mm-hmm. it recorded on Xbox Live? Or did you chat on Xbox Live for the recording of the podcast? Uh, I mean, that was kind of our prototype. It was just him and I okay, ranting yeah. at each other, but we didn't record yeah. it. Okay. Oh, man. That would have been such a wonderful, just, like, nerdy gem of a thing. Uh, of I don't know. I Xbox Live and... I mean, I go back into that. If I ever go back into that show and listen to our early episodes, we are awkward as we try to figure this stuff out. So I joined the club. (laughs) Yep. You dropped um, a little nugget before we started chatting about seeing Brian. Yeah, I did. Uh, Come around eighth grade, um, one of my grade school teachers got a random, because they do this with teachers, uh, they give out, hey, such and such an author is coming. And she knew my one of my myself my brother and my best friend in grade school all like the redwall series quite a bit and we heard brian was coming and this was the press promotional tour from moral fox okay moral fox was just about due out in britain but wasn't quite at the states yet so went to out to a borders which you know don't exist anymore r.i.p indeed um and we i thought we would get there early enough but i hadn't and my mom my brother, my friend, and I had no idea what to expect from this crowd. We were a good two hours early, maybe two and a half, and Whoa. the crowd was already out the door. Really? So, yeah. And <clears throat> so we got basically a reservation ticket, which it was uh, a letter with in twenty five. Within that reservation, we were D like Delta, like ten D D ten. So we were. Towards the back, and I think they stopped at E. Whew. But um, they said, you know, Brian's got really sore hands because he handwrites a lot of these books before they're transcripted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's signing this, but he he came not just to sign books, <laughs> he came to entertain. And if you've ever seen the YouTube mm-hmm. videos of Mr. Jakes, um, he is quite the storyteller in person as much as he is on pen and paper. So he got out and told us how the story came about you know, what we is publicly known, he wanted to write this for blind kids and hence all the food porn and where he got his inspiration. <laughs> um, and, you know, really good stories. And he also talked about the, the art of writing and he said, you can go out and read all these books about this is how you learn to write. This is what you do. And he shook his head. And it's like, it's simpler than that. Paint pictures with words. Mm. The rest falls into place. Then of course, living up to his own words there. Yeah. And of course, because it's a press promotional tour for Marl Fox, he does talk about this book and what, you know, gave us a preview and 
said it was coming on Britain on this such and such date. And then he turns to the crowd. And this is the kind of, I mean, this is exactly the kind of guy he was, how much fun he loved to have. Turns to the crowd and says, and for the colonies, <laughs> you're going to get the book six weeks later. Serves you right for dumping our tea in Boston Harbor. And now he was, he didn't do that routine. He committed to it. Like he was act like Oscar level acting. Like he so genuinely thought he was is, upset. Is it about, a routine? Well, is it a routine or is it true feelings? In the second or two after that, he just gets the biggest, goofiest grin on his face. So you knew he was just doing that to have fun. Yeah. So when, of course, we go through the line and thankfully he takes all of us. You know, he didn't have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warn us the crowd, and I asked him because there have been rumors circulating. This is the dark ages of the internet when modems were standard. And I asked him, you know, I'd heard rumor about an animated series, and he told me at the time, yes, it's coming. It's going to be about the first book, and Martin the Warrior will get a movie. Obviously, now that didn't actually happen exactly as he said, but it came. Mm-hmm. So deja vu. Uh, the first book will be a TV show, and Martin the Warrior will be a movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now it's the other Sounds way around. A lot like Mr. Netflix adaptation. What's that? Now it's the other way around. Martin the Warrior is going to be a TV yeah, show. Yeah, I think. I and think Redwall. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So it was really good to meet him. I still have my signed copy of Salamandastron behind me. Nice. So all my other books, including my brother's signed copy of Metameo, went to younger cousins when they got uh, into the series. Good but for I didn't them. Get mine that they got in. <laughs> yeah. Got to get them on the podcast. I feel like that'd be very. Have them on the pod. Uh, we've what was it? I also got doing this. I also got to read Brian's other material, his uh, yeah. Seven Strange and Ghostly Tales and the Castaway series, mm-hmm. which are different. Sure, <laughs> yeah. so I'm in your experience. <laughs> well, they're not about animal. They're not about talking animals for one. They're about humans. So number one difference. Uh, Seven Strange and Ghostly Tales, as it sounds, it's an anthology book of seven short little horror stories for kids. And they're fine. Castaways follows in a, uh, a basically a tossed a kid who got tossed off the deck deck of the Flying Dutchman before the crew was cursed, and the same angel that curses the Flying Dutchman makes him immortal and his dog immortal, and gives his dog basically thought speech powers so he can communicate with his human. And they go around the world and pl- make like Scooby Doo and solve mysteries. So <laughs> truly, I. Did not know that's what it was about, and I love it already. I am sold, Jordan. We're gonna do re Flying Dutchman, or just Flying Dutchman because we haven't read them already. But I, I have warning. Be- I read them. Fair warning to you: if you come around to that third book, it is not ebook. And I only found out the day before we were started to recording. I had actually buy a copy on Am- a physical copy on Amazon. Wow. Yeah, I did read that. Uh, I think I read all three, but. Like all of oh, Brian okay. Jake's writings, I don't really remember them very well. They're very much so back in the Brian Jake style of a lot of dry wit and humor. Mm-hmm. I remember liking them. I remember it being like, yes, this was worthwhile. I'm glad I did this. Yeah, I think I should check it out just to see how he writes about a different subject altogether. Like what remains is still going to be, quote unquote, painting with words for the very decadent setting design and all that stuff or how stuff will change will we know what the light's doing at the beginning of every chapter there is less food porn in the castaway series unfortunately probably because there's just less food 
Yeah, I was going to say pirates probably don't eat as well as abbey dwellers. Pirates are hungry. Redwall has told me. When it was uh, you growing up, Pete, uh, the Redwall fans that you knew, or is it just you, your brother, and this friend who went to the book signing? Or Pretty much. Is it like, I mean, we yeah. Got, and we got to meet a lot of them, obviously, at this book signing. Oh, yeah. And it ranged from everyone from about five years old to, I want to say, 60. So oh, wow. there was quite okay. the eclectic, eclectic group of fans there. Yeah. Nice. A little bit of that intergenerational community that he writes about all the time, showing up mm-hmm. at Borders Books. Love to see it. Uh, I'm I'm surprised to hear that you left the series at all because I was always struck when I have listened to Recorder on the Wall. It seems like all of you know a lot about Redwall, and my assumption, mm-hmm. I, I guess, was that this was something that you had stuck with, um, that had been a part of your reading life forever. So I'm curious what. When you stepped away, why was that? Was it just sort of a, a fade, or was there a reason? I mean, I can outline pretty much why. The um, the series is rightfully and wrongfully accused of being formulaic. Like, uh, but Har- Jake's is hardly the only formulaic writer out there. I mean, freaking Shakespeare is too, but that's mm-hmm. our story. <laughs> um, and, I mean, he's very Tolkien-esque on morality, where good guys are good, bad guys are bad. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I think, I mean, I'm a junior in high school at this point. I've been exposed to other literature just through English classes, including the Bard. And, well, it's not exactly not exactly that I was wanting Game of Thrones level duplicity and moral questioning. Uh, yeah, the good guys are always good, the bad guys are always bad kind of started to wear on me. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that in Tagrum that chased me away wasn't O'Brien reversing his formula and having an otter grow up in a vermin clan. Although, you know, see my other episodes if you want to hear my um, my take on that. But <laughs> was that was probably the biggest book and that does have that traditional Redwall puzzle that comes puzzle solving that comes with almost every book. But that particular puzzle and minor spoilers here doesn't drive the plot there it has no impact on the plot it has nothing to do with the greater cause it's just a scavenger hunt for a scavenger hunt state and that really just like i can't do this anymore it was like i mean if you're gonna have it have it for the best of reasons you know don't fire checkoffs don't tell me there's a checkoffs gun on the wall if you're not gonna fire it yeah i'm glad to hear that uh that running theme never disappears to be fair, um, having since coming back and seeing what few gray characters we do get makes you appreciate them all the more, even if Vale and Outcast is not as well as written as could be. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is still probably Blackett in Bellmaker, and you'll see why mm-hmm. when you cover him. Mm-hmm. But without spoiling, he is probably the best example of someone, a vermin who, if he's not in a scenario where he has to pillage and burn things down and whatnot he's not going to yeah i like to think that uh that's how i operate morally if i don't have to (laughs) pillage i'm not going to pillage um that's my own personal code of honor it's really the best Um, we can do and i stand by it yeah it's it's the least i could do that's all i ask of others as well guys if you don't have to pillage don't do it Although I still think I've actually asked on my show ever if uh, how badgers maintain a genetically viable population, because that's always been a big question Truly. in the back of my mind. Do you think uh, Do you think Brian has ever asked himself the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, do we do get badgers? one book. 
you're probably familiar, we do get one book where there is a vermin answer to Badgers being OP and way too overpowered, way too much of a game changer. Rackety Tam. Uh-huh. We have a vermin equivalent to a badger, a wolverine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Which, sort this out for me, Mr. Jakes. Uh, are there wolf? Wait. Are there wolverines in Eurasia? No, I'm actually answering asking that question. Really, uh, I think there might be, but I thought for in a mainland while. Europe, yes, in the northern okay. sectors. They historically, there is evidence they were in Britain at one point, but they're not now. So, in theory, I mean, minor spoilers here, but the the wolverine arrives on the boat, so totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so they are in Russia and stuff. So there's. There's a reason why. If we can get a Portuguese rat in Clooney, then we say, can get a... Some said it was a Portuguese A Russian Wolverine. I was, uh, as I mentioned pre-show here, I was listening to your most recent episode, and I was interested... Uh, you guys did bring up the cheese controversy. <laughs> the yes, cheese controversy. The cheese controversy. <laughs> I think I fall yeah. on the side of... It, it's plant milk. It's just the simplest, easiest answer, yeah. frankly. Not a, yeah. not a proponent but, of the blood bag method? No. No, I can't <laughs> say I am. All right. Uh, I, I I just need to know where the creaminess comes from. That's that's what I need. Then where does the cream? <laughs> I have tried a nut cheese, and the cream it does not have. Well, clearly you need to buy the cookbook and see what they've got there. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have that. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Although their version of October ale is not exactly um, ale. It's not it's, a fermentation. No, no sorry. It, it's sugar upon sugar actually good for the dibbins i think uh, it's one of the there's two recipes in this book that are quote-unquote dibbin friendly yes it is um because you know it doesn't need adult supervision but their october ale is ginger beer or ginger ale grape juice and a teaspoon of sugar and more sugar i don't know if i've seen that one on there yep friendly for the dibbins indeed but every uh, there's one other recipe in here. I don't know if of Tam that is kid friendly. One thing that uh, uh, Jordan mentioned a little bit is like when we have an adaptation for Netflix, um, and this is something that he brought up with some of the folks that we had on our tapestry episode. Um, what is something that you would want to see in an adaptation? Like what makes Redwall Redwall that needs to exist? No wild in the ivy. adaptation. What's that? No wild ivy. <laughs> no wild, wild ivy. Elaborate. That's wild that ivy is a filler character. The juggler, creating right? for the for the oh, Nelvana yeah, first season. Okay. She throws knives. Yeah. Uh, in this case, the big. Uh, if we're going to need to see, uh, if we're talking about the original book. What makes Redwall Redwall? I'm actually most curious on where they'll find where they're going to have scale. Yeah, uh, at least yeah. for sizing of creatures and how anthropomorphic are they? Uh, mm-hmm. Because the PBS Nelvana series made had had to make deliberate choices. If you go through Christopher Nice's picture books or the cookbook, he actually goes in the other direction, where it, they're almost on the feral side. So I think the biggest thing I'm curious is how that's going to be depicted. And I What's, would like to see the Netflix series do a little bit more design on Redwall than just the uh, what the PBS Nelvana one, where it's like one core building surrounded by a red wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like no you need there needs to be a lot more build up than that yeah yeah i think that's one thing that i really missed in this show was like a sense of space and place 
And I think uh, defining some of that and making it a little bit bigger will be really good to do in, in the Netflix one. Mm-hmm. Wild Ivy. <laughs> I don't feel like she was that bad. No, but that's uh, just a running a running gag, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will credit the Nirvana series with doing with with seasons two and three sticking a lot closer to their individual books and for all for all i like to make fun of it season one in the pbs cartoon did develop cornflower and matthias's relationship far more than any other prop version of that story did yeah so you know props to that yeah Yeah. like corn i mean cornflower is barely a prop in the graphic novel (laughs) she's maybe in like five panels and then there's at that famous ending. Okay, dying Abbott. Okay, you two get married. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll be curious to see what the Netflix series does with Cornflower's character because there's obviously a lot of opportunity for her. And I think it's like pretty low hanging fruit uh, if you're going to take something, interpret it, and kind of breathe new life into it. I think Cornflower's character is, is pretty pretty ripe for that um but what that will mm-hmm. look like will be interesting i agree um i'm also because he's the prototype and the best basil stag hair what they mm-hmm. do with him yes. yeah yep yeah i'm really excited to get some voice cast news because that's yeah I'm... well if you had to pick your choice of voice cast offhand do you know who you would want oh, to boy. play various oh, roles boy we did this on the episode we talked about this season and i can't remember who i s- said for basil i i said that he reminded me a lot of uh ted lasso and so i said jason sudeikis even though he is not british but if we needed a british person then i said daniel craig for his role in logan lucky is what I was saying for Basil. I would have run to Gary Oldman, but that works too. I could see that working very well. Oh, I think I said David Tennant for for Basil. Also yeah. good, yeah. especially coming yeah. off his production of his version of Scrooge in Ducktales. Yeah, yep. I, I oh, think, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that's still my pick. I do feel like Sacha Baron Cohen has a place somewhere in the, in this story, oh. and I don't I don't know if it's Basil, but it's somewhere. If we get a Man of Mayo, uh, I want to see um, Keith David as mm. Orlando, the ex. That would be sweet. That would be very a good. Very deep. Yeah. Uh, Goliath Gargoyle voice. Yes. Yeah. This is something I keep coming back to, and I'm bummed mm. that we only had one episode where we talked about casting per book. Because I think of just, like, I come across actors. Like, who was it? Um uh who who's the bad guy in no country for old men who plays him um javier bardem thank you i i I saw an interview with him i'm like i want his voice in redwall i don't know where exactly but (laughs) somewhere work yeah that's true Uh, and so like i keep i keep thinking about like casting and who i'd want in it Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i i actually called up i we did we list this for ourselves on my show too um I mean, Tim Curry's already immortal as, as oh, yeah. that version of Slygar, mm-hmm. but if I had to recast him, it would be Farago in Salamander's Run. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I could see him. Yeah. Who would be his son? Uh, let's see, Klitsch, did I write that down? Also, Tim Curry. 
Uh, I did not. Um, I did say Jeffrey Combs as Methuselah in the original. And he's kind of a B-level actor in a lot of Star Trek. There's a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. Biggest is probably Ratchet in Transformers Prime. Hmm. Oh. Uh, what did I write down? Malcolm McDowell is Unget Trun from Lord Broctree. I don't know who that is. We have yet to get back to Lord Broctree. Unget Trun's the big bad. He's yeah. uh, Sarmina's uncle, actually. Ah. The, the Uncle Iroh to the Azula. Uh, but probably not mm-hmm. as Uncle Iroh-y as Uncle Iroh-B. Uh, I'm kind of curious where Clooney's going to be the, probably the hardest one to cast and see the most fan pushback or celebration. But I think I originally argued for Frank Welker in his Megatron voice. Mm. I I almost want someone rattier. Interesting. <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, or yeah, uh, I, I kind of like the idea having a deep voice keeps like kind of being like, this doesn't fit when it's a little, when it's a little rat who's going to be voicing. I like to have a little mm-hmm. bit of raspiness going on and like a little bit of a higher pitch. But, um, if, yeah, if Megatron can, can pitch up just a little bit to fit inside of a rat, then I'm here for it. I mean, Welker himself is as versatile as the, as Mel Blanc. That's true. So. Oh Yeah. Oh, what was it? Uh, Who's your I think, oh, I originally wrote down Kevin Michael Richardson for Orlando, but uh, Keith David Kachinid also needs to be in this. Yeah, uh, get him on the pod, <laughs> Keith David. If you're listening, I know you are. Come on the pod, please. Oh, is he going to be this this week's sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't done that in a bit. Uh, we, we no, you pod. haven't, but. Um, I mean, I could reach out, Keith David, if you want to Venmo us 30 bucks. I will uh, <laughs> gladly uh, feature any sort of ad for you that you want us to do um, from this episode to any future episode. Uh, send us money and we'll uh, be happy to plug whatever you want us to. Yeah, we'll just talk up how good your performance in the Frog Princess movie Okay, but Princess and the Frog, yeah, Princess and the Frog. That performance, though, is like the highlight of that yeah, movie. It's the best you don't part need to pay me thirty for bucks sure. for that. You don't need <laughs> Did you see a stealth cameo in Ducktales, by the way. No, do not. Uh, he replies reprises his Goliath voice for the series finale. Oh shoot! Nice. Wait, is do do the gargoyles come into? I mean, this would be spoilers for the finale, so you tell me. Okay, go for it. No, you know the no you know the uh, headless horse character with the running around that whole franchise okay, that, yeah. that series. That's Goliath. That's the gargoyle. Okay. And at the very end, he is forced to revive his powers as the headless horseman of the apocalypse, and regrows his head. And it's they play the gargoyle's music well, and then he shouts, "I live again!" So love the duck lore. Yeah. This Disney afternoon universe. Yeah. So I guess Duck Hills is different than I thought. Yeah. It's 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 got a pretty uh slapping cast behind it though too. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shame aliened after three seasons. Thanks, Disney. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. how do we get this but- back to Redwall? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking voice actors. Yeah. Uh 
So if you have a book you want to see the Netflix series cover that isn't already one of the two picked out, which would that Ooh. be? Mm. Is, I mean, we came off Sal Mandestrong with mm-hmm. great vibes. Yeah, real, which was real high high on Sal Mandestrong. Yeah. Is that why you got it signed? Is because like it was one of your favorites? Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. That's exactly why I had it signed. And that could be a good story. Just, you know, cut out the red ball parts because... Even in the book, it's named after. It's like you spend more time at the Abbey than you do yeah. at the titular mountain. Yeah, yeah, but that one was the best balanced, I felt. Like, there there was not nearly as much Red Wall as there had been in other books. I just want to see Salamander's Run, period, because the PBS yeah. Nirvana series never got to it. Yeah. 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 I think my pick would be Moss Flower. Mm-hmm. I just, I love Moss Flower. I think it's got some of everything that I've liked about any of these books um, I guess besides Redwall Abbey itself but you get a lot of that in sort of the, the Woodlanders anyway you get that spirit so I think I would Brock Hall is a fine enough stand in for Redwall for me so I'd pick Mossflower well, potentially had there been a season 4 on the PBL's Novana cartoon that would have been the book they covered yeah makes sense I would hope so at least that's the reigning, reigning fan theory. Yeah, I'm sure. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. You did Martin the Warrior, follow it up with... Uh... Wait, did they do Martin the Warrior second? Or that was third. third? Season three. They did it yeah. third. Yeah, yeah. Might Season as well three. follow up on the story. Yep. And, yeah, like we said, we're covering it right now. So that's been interesting. Yeah, um, those those are a lot. To, uh, to watch yeah and thankfully they're free on YouTube at least for now sure are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. ooh I wonder if that'll change when uh, the That's... lords of Netflix I hope not yeah so. I mean I feel like it's hardly going to be a competitive <laughs> like I don't know maybe I'm underestimating how sinister Netflix is but the idea of them squashing this public access television series off of YouTube <laughs> is is a little cartoonish, but you know, maybe maybe it'll happen. Just kidding, Netflix. I think you're great. Send your creators <laughs> to talk to us on our podcast, please. We'd love to talk to them. Uh, Patrick, we would we would love you on. Yeah, you can talk about Pinocchio talk about if Pinocchio you want. We don't even have to, to. We don't even have to talk about Red Bull. Well, would you? By the way, I, I have made the mention formally, but are are you guys up for some fan fiction in a few months? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where to find Red Wolf fan fiction. I was going to say. I mean, fanfiction.net. You might have. Oh, so okay. Yeah. What's, what's the, I should have guessed. What's the format for those? Is that we all bring um, our own fan fiction or we all read the we, same We tend fan to, fiction? everyone searches out one or more and we, we ha- I have set rules about what can be covered and that's nothing more violent than the series already. Right, uh, nothing with more adult scenarios sure. okay. than the series proper. And we're not trying, I, though I won't discourage them, I prefer not to do shipping fix because, you know. Yeah, that's a thing of its, of its own, sort of. It is. That's a, that's a different I podcast. Knock, I don't want to knock someone's ship like that because, you know, I get why that's personal for them. Sure. Yeah. So, over the years we've covered some interesting things. Um, uh, last, last year was, I, the one I ended up falling on was... A, pot of, a writer who wrote about Matthias's sister, who happens to be a fox. Oh. 
Sure. Who and then Matthias and Cornflower have more kids that are not mice, and I have several questions. So. Yeah. Wow. I also have questions. <laughs> so not Matthias' sister, who's in the first episode of the Novanus. Oh, Myrtle. Who brings him oh, to Rebel or whatever? Yeah. And promptly dies. Turns out it was a fox. It was. A fox. <laughs> oh, yeah, as, as a as a biologist, I have questions. <laughs> but uh, you know, if the story's good, I'll let him slide. That's yeah. fair. Ooh, I see I see a red wall uh, with a Toon Link as the avatar, and I've decided this will be the red wall <laughs> fan fiction that I read. All right. Derek's working ahead. Work. There you go, folks. Online community, if you want me to read it, you make your profile picture Toon Link. <laughs> Alternatively, if you don't want to do fanfiction.net, you do um, Red Wall Forums has a fairly good amount of uh, their uh, so. But do any of those people have Toon Link as their profile picture? I don't, I don't know. know. We'd have to find so, out. Uh, I'd have, I should have to ask one of my co- my contributor, Matthias, about that. I'm going to read this tonight. This is going to be my to do list. <laughs> uh, we got time. It's still <laughs> three months away. <laughs> yeah, you no, don't that, uh, don't underestimate how long it takes me to read. Uh, it will be. A while. <laughs> yeah. Do they have any Redwall fan fiction audiobooks? <laughs> Interesting. I think that's the one thing I have yet to really do here because two of my contributors do the audiobook anyway. Is if I wanted to do more episodes and search this out, I would be covering the audiobook separately than the primary. Oh. And yeah. Yeah, we do a little both. Derek does the audiobooks, I do mm. the, the physical text. But that might change mm. coming Pearls of Lutra. Apparently, there is not an yeah. audiobook for Pearls of Lutra. Not all of them have an audiobook, and some of them have an abridged audiobook, which instead of a full cast, it's just Brian reading it. What? Oh, I'll take that. Wait, unless it's, it's a bridge, it's not the full story? Yeah, it's cut down a little. Hmm. Don't want that. Yeah, that won't do. I'll start talking about things that you've, you've never even heard. So what yeah. is your, oh. after this episode, what's the next book? You said the next book is Bellmaker? Yeah, yeah, we're Bell doing Maker. Bellmaker. Bell we kinda, we've kind of fallen into a rhythm of breaking off, doing like seasons mm-hmm. of three books each um, mm-hmm. with an episode in this format kind of in between each book um, and three episodes per book. So that's, that's about three months worth of episodes and that feels like a good and then we'll take like a month or two off and um mm-hmm. so far that's a, been a good stretch so yeah we've got bellmaker outcast and pearls of lutra on the slate for this coming season i'd be here i'm curious on pearls of lutra so yeah i'm, I'm really excited to get to one that of the one. best ones i was gonna say honestly. that stands out in my kid brain as one of my favorites but that could literally just be because there's an otter with a bow and arrow on the cover <laughs> like <laughs> but i remember there's like lizards in that one like, uh, let me think. Isn't that the villain? They're like, they're like, which one is the the monitor lizards? Yes. I mean, we've had a few yes. lizards. No, but like, no, they're before in our past. The like, one he's thinking of, there are monitor lizards from a tropical island that ooh. are in Pearls of Lutra. Yeah. But again, I don't know. I, I could not even piece together the plot of that uh, for you if I tried. So I'm excited My to read bet. Is that there are pearls involved hmm. to some degree? 
could be could be right we will see um yeah well we've been recording for about an hour now so i want to be uh uh, respectful of your time pete um thank you thank you so much for uh joining us it's very fun to kind of cross-pollinate among a Redwall podcast. Um, ah, what again, is this? Cross-promote. over episode? <laughs> cross-promote. Cross-promote is the technical term in the podcasting industry. Oh, okay. So, Well, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, Anything you want to plug outside of Recorder on the Wall? Frustrated fans? Uh, no, that's probably my prime primary. That's primary hobby that gets publication like this. So, yes... Recorder on the Wall is at recorderonthewall.com and our Twitter podcast Twitter is R-O-T-W-P-O-D. Nice. Yeah. Listen to it. uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug Xbox Live. Uh, R-I-P Xbox 360 Live. (laughs) Sometime soon, if not already. We like to stand up for the Um, little guys on Red Wall. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Little guys Uh, that just bought out Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That's right. Uh, yeah, we like the little guys. Xbox Live and Long John Silvers. Still have <laughs> Long John back. Silvers. Yeah, uh, whenever Weird. we can, we'd love you. They're really sitting on that email from almost a year ago. Um, but yeah, again, Pete, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, thank you for your community to the Redwall uh, community. So yeah, thanks yeah. for thanks for filling that gap. Uh, sorry for <laughs> bragging about being the first one. <laughs> that's <laughs> fine we i think have hopefully corrected the record uh since then if, if not memory serves if memory serves i think the red wall did the same thing ah so, oh yeah so, yeah we're not the we're not the only ones but um no yeah although they did have they they did bring up some of our running gags and that made me feel 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 nice so. nice that's good cool well yeah Listen to Recorder on the Wall. Uh, you can find them at the places that Pete said. You can find us at the places that I'm about to say. And that's on Twitter and Instagram at RedwallPod. That's on our website, RedwallPod.com. You can reach out to us there. Uh, you can also reach out to us on our email, RedwallPod at gmail.com. You can always rate, review, subscribe at the places that you listen to podcasts if they let you do those things. Uh, not all of them do, but many of them do. So, uh, choose. And, uh, if, <laughs> if you're listening on Spotify, uh, tell Joe Rogan to shut up. Yeah. Maybe that's, we should be like Neil Young and remove our, our podcast. Uh, yeah, um, there you go. We'll give the an ultimatum. I don't know that we have quite as much sway as <laughs> Neil Young, but maybe. Um, yes. Thanks for listening. And until next time. Stay Redwall. Stay Redwall. Stay Redwall.